When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got to have a strong core, man. Yeah. That's why I had to start doing ab exercises. <laughs> Other stuff starts hurting when your core isn't strong. That's true. It does. Your back will hurt. Your legs will hurt. All other parts of your life hurts uh, will hurt when your core is not strong. And I don't think we do enough core work uh, psychologically. I don't think we do enough core work uh, physically. But when you really start, you know, peeling back the layers of who am I and who, who do I want to be? When you look in the mirror and you have that mirror moment and you say, this is who I am. I accept myself fully for who I am. I love myself. But loving myself and accepting myself does not mean that there are not things that I need to change. And when you have that, when you're coming from a place of love and acceptance, you're not beating yourself up. You're not saying you're a bad person. You're not saying, you know, woe is me. You're saying, I accept these things about me, but I also accept that I can change. I can change. I love it. So at the risk of doing something to expose myself, can we do some core work? Can I do some core work right Thanks now? Thanks all for tuning into Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life forward to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dreams. Are you ready? Man, so Tribe, what's up? Uh, This is James Bryant. Uh, I've been one of the original thought leaders and dream catchers and you know Jerome and I if you've, you've listened to the podcast before you've heard that we talk pretty frequently um, and so part of what we wanted to do today was kind of let you in and a peek on some of those th- that type of conversation so Jerome what's been going on man I don't even know where to start it's crazy <laughs> like there's so much good stuff happening right now I don't even know what to do but it's kind of overwhelming at times too, right? So we talked about technology row getting rezoned. Yes. We talked about, we haven't talked about this, but the, the contracting board, they, they came back. We're licensed in North Carolina now. So not just Virginia, but North Carolina and Virginia. So 
you know, we passed the test a few weeks ago, but it took a little while for the application to get processed. So we're looking good there. Uh, man, we are finishing up the reposition on Spring Garden on Townsend Lindley. And so that is pretty exciting to see people moving in basically on a weekly basis. And we're not having any trouble getting the more aggressive rent that we didn't put on the pro forma when we presented it. So we're not achieving everything we wanted to under utilities though. And so there's a balance, but we were so conservative on the rent projection that we don't have to get everything, at least in the first term. And, you know, we've, we've been having these conversations more and more about two terms and everybody who does their models, they, they think they're going to get everything on the first go around and it just doesn't happen when you do it with a turn focus versus taking the property down to zero and coming back up. And so, you know, we're, we've owned Greenbrier for over a year. That property is going really well. Um, we've had vacancy higher than what we wanted to, but it's been a, allowed us to cycle. I think we're on renovation number 15 now, believe it or not. And so, you know, 15 out of 20 is a lot. And, you know, Towns of Chimborazo is coming online. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I saw, I saw that. Yeah, so we got people paying rent. It's it was painful, but you know, we got through the other side of the uh, the other side of the tunnel. Now we see daylight coming back in, and so we're going to get an inspection from you know a refinance lender at some point, and we'll be able to you know get our original principal back and go deploy that into a new deal, and then. We're getting ready. We're coming in hot, man. Eleven oh five is getting ready to close. So yes, you yes. know, it, it yeah. took some challenges, and we made a bunch of different twists and turns and pivots. But we're gonna get that one across the finish line. I know we're buying that actually from an Aggie, believe it or not. So really, oh wow, yeah, yeah. Aggie the Aggie sale. We're we're trying to keep all the East Greensboro and the Aggie network. Why would we let it get out? <laughs> And, I mean, you actually got to drive down and see that a couple of weeks ago when you were down here. So, you know, maybe yeah. we start there. I don't know. I was just about to mention that. It, it was, you know, when you are in these partnerships, you, you come to implicitly trust your partners. Um, but there is nothing like uh, putting your own eyes on the property as well. You know, you can see pictures. You can understand. And Jerome has told me several times. I really like the area. I really like the area. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, we've done several deals. I trust you. We can begin to move forward. But um, a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of, of going through Greensboro on my way to visit my mother down in Siler City, North Carolina. And I came up to view the property um, that he's, we're talking about, the 1105 Alamance Church Road. And it is a great location. It's a great location. Um, it's near shopping. It's right where you really would want a multifamily unit to be. And I'm hopeful that we will be able to eventually get progress on buying the parcel that uh, the adjacent parcel to that so we can build more units at that location, because it's a great location. Yeah, we actually got mail already going. So we'll get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of the uh, real estate, you know, property purchasing and buying, 
you know, what other kind of things have been going on in your journey for personal growth? Because we talk a lot about, you know, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And we talk a lot about just our appetite for growth and learning and personal development. So there's some areas over the past week or so that, you know, you can highlight that you've been kind of moving along on your journey. Yeah, I mean, I think the toughest part for me has been this getting out of the shell and getting out of the shadows thing that we talked about at the last powwow. Mm -hmm. And the force of you guys forcing me to say, hey, Jerome, you, you've got to be the face. Like there are people out there who need to see your face and not just see what's happening. And that has been uncomfortable to mm -hmm. say the least. Uh, I, I think I'm up to like 15 podcasts at this point. Wow. Um, and, you know, we were at one when we did the last powwow in May. And, you know, we're two weeks out from the next powwow as we record this. So, you know, I have a pretty good progress report. I'll be able to do a lot with show and tell and just demonstrating that, hey, we're executing on the plans that we come up with when we're in these sessions. And it's all about execution. Yes. When when I think about the growth and, you know, your voice changes when you smile, right? And so yeah. we went to video back in July and started, you know, the YouTube channel so people can actually see the videos. And then we did podcasts with like Michael Block. That was a video. Uh, Whitney Sewell was another video. I mean, I, I could keep going down the list of different video podcasts. And even if there wasn't, you know, the actual broadcast of me and the person that was interviewing me, a lot of those guys are just posting the YouTube so that they have a presence there and have some kind of audiogram going and, you know, just playing the streaming the audio against it. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're trying to, you know, take things to the next level. And, you know, what that actually looks like is a, a big question mark in a lot of ways. Um, as my, my, my confidant and, uh, brand strategist Larry Spriggs says all the time, like it's gotta look like what the value actually is for people to be excited about it. And I put a whole, I put very little effort into what it looks like, right? I, <laughs> the value is implicit, the, yeah. the calculations are right. And so I, I value that more than the polish. And, you know, I, I've, I've got to have other people help me with the polish piece because it's not, you know, what it, it, it I, I've just seen so much flash and dash. Here's what it really is. I've seen so many people pretend or just try to look the part. And then when you actually start digging, you see that they're a fraud. Yeah. And that, it just irritates me. And I wish they would just put their time and energy into being the real thing. So that, you know, but, you know, it, for, I don't understand how people think. I, I've come to that realization. Well, yeah, it, it, well, to me, it, it also links back to the point that you made on one of the recent podcasts that you had where you, I think your mother had expressed to you that she didn't want you to be an entertainer. In a sense, you know, you were going to play, play sports. The, the, whole, the whole concept between sports and entertainment and how you didn't just want to be an entertainer. Right. Right. I, I, I have zero interest in being a clown, right? I mean, that's what it ends up being related to, a clown or an actor or presenting to be something that I'm not. Like, 
when I show up, I am who I am. And, you know, we've talked about the centered concept yeah. for days and hours and weeks. You know, it, it, it just always comes back to, is this authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Is this the real deal? If somebody pulls a tag out, are you going to be certified or are you going to be a fraud? And at the end of the day, I want that part to be unquestionable. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, me making a, a wrong decision, everybody makes mistakes. Yes. But was that wrong decision made with the utmost integrity and intention of, you know, accomplishing whatever the goal was? I, I don't want anybody to ever question that about me. And so I've really tried to hone my craft and spend my time working on that piece of it. And so I think the next step for me and the all the stuff that we're doing, the branding and so on, is to get some help with that polish piece. Yeah. So that it looks like what it really is. Um, so that, I, and, you know, it, it comes back to these genius zone situations, right? Everybody needs to be working in a genius zone. And nothing about making something look amazing outside of putting the concept together excites me, right? I like so. colors. And it's crazy because we're <laughs> finishing up Joanne's flip. Uh-huh. And like we're we're at like hour eleven, and we've been at hour eleven for like two weeks. And it's like I, Joanne, I don't care what the rods in the closet look like. I'm sorry, I don't. But what I do care about is did we get the right granite countertops to match with the color on the walls, with the flooring and the cabinet, like that stuff. Yeah, but but there is somebody where those details are important too, both on the buyer side is someone who we can get to supplement your team, right. You know, eventually to be able to give you that kind of feedback. A lot of times, and I I applaud you for this because a lot of times what you find is that people will say, well, that's just not me, right? That's just not me. I'm not concerned about that. So nobody should be concerned about that. But in terms of growth, you're saying, this is not me. I'm really not concerned about it, but it's important to somebody. So maybe we need to get somebody to look at that to help us move this thing forward. Yeah. And I mean, to that point, I told Joanne, hey, like, this is all you now. These details that you're talking about that you want to accomplish, like work directly with the person that's going to do the work and get what you want so that it can be presented the way that you want it. Because the heavy lifting's done. And I, I guess I'm really probably a 80 percenter when it's all said and done, maybe 90 at the most. But that last 10 percent is just painful for me, man. It's the diminishing return on time. I, I just I, I refuse to believe that. OK, I, I refuse to believe that because you are all about completion. Right. So you can't be about completion and an 80 percenter. So just just in general concept. Those two things cannot uh, exist. So what I understand what you're saying in terms of this polish piece, maybe you get the project yourself to 80% of where it needs to be. And then you pull somebody in and you push that person to work with that person until you get to 100%. So that's interesting because completion, now we've got to define completion, right? Okay. Because for me, if we don't have curtain rods or mm-hmm. uh, sh- rods for hanging clothes in the closet, mm-hmm. I think it can still go on the market and be sold, right? I, I, I think it's done to that standard. Now, 
would somebody ask for something to be done with it? Potentially. But, you know, defining what completion is, is out for discussion on this particular instance. I would say well, it's I, I not complete until it's sold. Well, right. And I don't, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I think the project can be done. The construction aspect of the project can be done prior to it being sold, right? The flip isn't complete for the owner until the project's sold. I agree with that. But, you know, this isn't our project. This is hers. You know, okay. she's our she's one of our coaching clients and we're just helping her facilitate the construction process because okay. it's just overwhelming on your first one. And it was interesting. She had somebody come in and say, Hey, well, why don't you change the lights to these? I was like, well, you could, but you know, those lights are four times the cost of the lights that you already have installed. And so, I mean, is that a smart use of your dollars? Because at the end of the day, I don't know that it's really going to change a person's decision to buy or not but so you know. so in this instance completion was really managing the construction process and coaching the client to be able to move forward and make those types of decisions on their own in the future or with little with a little assistance yeah i mean i'm i'm a big fan of the i do we do you do model of you know teaching folks how to do things right and so you, you kind of come along on a journey for this one and, you know, we're, we're doing the vast majority of it. You're there to ask questions and see the process. Mm -hmm. The next one, you take on a bigger role because you've been through this before. You know what to expect. You see what it takes in order to get to completion. And where there's where we kind of reverse roles. Now you're running the point and we're back there asking you questions, making sure you don't run up, drive off the road. And then the final one is you're off on your own. We'll see you later. Awesome. Awesome. It's, it's interesting. I remember when we had the, the discussion with Joanne and, you know, one of her comments, you know, she said, well, I paid for one of these other expensive real estate training programs, but they didn't teach me anything. And they're not teaching me what I'm learning with Jerome in how she was very much appreciative of your hands-on approach of walking with her through this process. Um, and so I think for, for other folks that are considering getting into the game, that what we've built in the Myers method, what we have going on just in the coaching arena will be helpful to walk people through step by step and walk along with them to where they want to go. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of the gurus are travel agents instead of tour guides. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like my private tours right or wrong. Like if I go somewhere, I, I want a private tour with a person showing me the things that I'm interested in and I can annoy them with the questions that I have. Mm -hmm. uh, because then it's individualized, it's personalized. It costs more, but at the yep. end of the day, I'm getting my needs met. I'm getting that itch scratch that I have. And I don't know that you can always get that in the can thing, but you know, we're trying to create some products because you know, I, I get a lot of people asking questions whether it's, you know, how do you do that? Or how could I do that? But I don't know how to do it. It's just yeah. really interesting to see what people are, are kind of leaving out there saying they're interested, they're curious, they're, they want to figure it out, but, you know, they don't know how. And it goes back to, you know, missed flights, right? If yeah. you are in that space where you can figure it out, you'll probably get there eventually, but 
you know, how long do you want to walk around in the dark? I, I, <laughs> it's, it's painful, man. It is absolutely painful because I genuinely want to see people get what they want, right? And so if you can't get what you want and, you know, every, you ask me something one week and then two weeks later you ask me something else and it's just like, we could have handled all this in a one hour phone call mm-hmm. and this month that you've been playing around with it, you could have actually made some real progress. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I think some of us, and it's just interesting too, because somebody right before we jumped on the call, somebody reached out and was like, Hey, I hear you're in real estate. Well, yeah, of course I'm in real estate. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm in real estate. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Like, don't play with it. Like, if you want something for me, like, tell me what you want. And then yeah. we can figure out if it makes sense or not. And, but anyway, you know, I, why are we being bashful these days? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we, in general, are able to articulate what it is we want or if huh. we know what we want. And then there's the other piece of sacrifice. Yep. That was my next sacrifice. Are we willing to work for what we want? It's interesting because, you know, I listened to what you just described. You really, you, you want people to get what they want. And what I thought in my mind is that people are going to get what they work for and what they work towards. And that, and if you want to work more efficiently, then it's great to have a guide. Now, there's some people that just want to do it on their own, and they're going to learn through the school of hard knocks, and they're going to try and keep going. And that's absolutely, there's value in that process as long as you keep moving forward. But there's a lot of people that want things, but they're not willing to do the work to get them. There's a lot of people that want the view from the top of the mountain. But if there's no escalator or no elevator, they're not going to do it. Nope. They're not going to do it. And I mean, I guess that's okay, right? Because you're only going to get what you're willing to pay the price for. And I think that's the other thing. I think a lot of people say, well, I don't have the money to do this or I don't have the money to do that. And as long as you feel that way, that's where you'll be. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) You got to do something about it, right? And That is true. There's the, there's kind of some prerequisites, right? Mm -hmm. If you went to college and even in high school, right? You had to take this class before you could get into this class. And then Mm -hmm. you had to take this class before you could get into the next class. Well, everybody wants to skip steps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I took uh, differential equations during summer school in between, I think it was my freshman and my sophomore year. It might've been sophomore, junior year, whatever it was. And the professors, he, he used to walk around the class with the ruler and he would hit you on the hand, right? With the ruler. And I was like, this is crazy. And somebody, and he would only hit you on the hand if you asked him a question about algebra. He's like, that's algebra. I don't do that here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're supposed to already have this when you show up. Yeah. So, you know, at that point I knew this is like, you got to show up prepared. Like there, there's certain things you got to have in place before you, People want to go to the bank, but don't have a credit score. They want to go to the bank and they don't have any cash in the bank. Right. right. And, and the interesting thing is that there, is, there are multiple ways to solve a problem, right? If you have a problem and you say that I want coaching, but I don't have enough money. I want to get into real estate, but I don't have the money. Okay, great. But what are the other things that you need to do to be able to prepare yourself for the person that you need to become 
in order to obtain the money that you're looking for and the knowledge that you're looking for. What do you need, what do you need to do in order to become who you need to be? And I think people let that money question stop them from becoming. And they just, they're, you know, it's like, well, I don't have the money, so I'm not, I can't do anything. And they use that as an excuse. And, you know, one of the books that um, I'm reading is called The Sovereignty of Man. And, you know, one of the concepts is that we really need to be able to take back control of our lives. And if we're continuing, continuing to blame lack of progress on, I don't have any money, or Jerome didn't do this, or somebody else didn't do something, and it's always someone else's fault or something else's fault, then you never take responsibility yourself for making any changes or where you are. And it's a very interesting thought that who are you giving your power away to? And a lot of times we'll, we'll think about that in terms of people that are making me mad, you know, we say, well, you know, no one should be able to make you angry because you're giving your power away. Nobody should be able to make you feel any, you know, different way because you're giving your power away. But when you are constantly in a, in a pattern of waiting for something else or someone else to do something to change your situation, you're giving your power away. And we need to move past there and start taking our power back. We really need to start taking our power back to take control of the situations that we have in our lives. We absolutely have to do that. So, you know, you, you had a personal revelation over the past week or so mm -hmm. about, you know, taking your power back and enabling and how you can contribute to the issues that you have, even if you're waiting for somebody else to do something. Mm -hmm. It was a painful lesson that I had to learn a few years back. Um, and I, I think the revelation actually turned into action, which is always interesting, right? Because a lot of times we come to these understandings with ourselves, but we don't do anything with them, right? We, we, we justify, we figure out how to just continue to stay there. And there was like this crazy story about a dog laying on a nail and it would howl because the nail was poking it. And the guy that was sitting there who didn't actually live there with the dog asked, well, why doesn't he just get up and move? And the guy says, well, it doesn't hurt that bad. Yeah. Right. And so if it doesn't hurt that bad, then you just stay there until you get fed up and disgusted and say, oh, well, now I'm going to do something. And then you do something radical that actually does not make sense. Yeah. And when you do that, you end up in a worse place than you were before. Yes. And so it's just kind of this, I don't even know what you call it. It's probably like a death spiral, right? It just keeps going around and around and around and around. And eventually you got to get off the wheel some way, but you want to get off the wheel in a way that actually improves the situation. Yeah. But, but part of it is that in that situation, if you're hurting, right? like the dog was hurting, you need something to happen, right? You're, but you're waiting. You're, you're waiting for someone to do something. You're waiting for someone to rescue you out of your situation. If you are at a job that you just don't like, then you need to 
make a decision. You have several different things that you can do, but you need to make a decision. So, and I think we've talked about this. I know, I think I wrote something about this where, you know, you can have someone who says that they want to get a new job, right? And they can, you know, depending on their persuasion or faith, they can pray about it and they can say, okay, well, I believe that God said that I'm going to get a new job. But then the, the, the next question is, well, what actions do you do after that? So you really believe it? Okay. What actions are you taking? Are you going to, and I'm not recommending this, but are you going to submit your letter of resignation? You believe that you're going to get another job? If you really believe it, what action are you going to take? Okay. You, you have a choice. You can submit your letter. I'm not saying that's the wisest thing to do, but you can do that. Another choice that you have is to say, okay, well, this is the type of job that I want. And I believe that God is going to bless me with this type of job. And to begin to think about what qualities does a person in that position have? What makes that person successful? What's the skill set? What's the knowledge? And begin to build from where you are to acquire that knowledge and that skill set and those soft skills, even where you are, to prepare you for when the job comes. And then you have the, the other situation, which is the one that I believe happens most of all, which is, I believe that God's going to give me another job. You know, he says, well, I'm, I'm going to get another job. But you do nothing. You continue complaining about the job that you have. You continue feeling the same way. You continue doing exactly the same things that you were doing before. And then you uh, get mad and you're praying or you're talking to your friends. And you're like, well, I don't believe that God had done anything. I felt that he was, you know, leading me to do something, but nothing's happened. My comment to that is what did you do? If you didn't do anything different, I don't know how you can expect a different result. Puppet or participant? That's right. Are you a puppet or are you a partner? That's what it is. Puppet or partner. So, yeah. So in that, in that case, you know, are you, you know, in your journey to success, are you a puppet? Meaning that fate is happening to you. Life is just happening to you. You have no control. The winds blow right. You're going right. The winds blow left. You're going left. You're just moving along with everything. And if you continue to have that approach, guess what? You have no power. Because everything that happens to you is someone else's or something else's fault. And there are a lot of people that are blaming God or their higher power or whatever it is on their situation. And a lot of times it's themselves. They put themselves in that situation. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be every situation. It's not universally applicable. There are certain things that we're not going to be able to explain. There's always going to be exceptions to the rule. But I think a lot of times we find ourselves in situations that we put ourselves in and, we blame, and we're looking for someone to blame. And if it's God's fault or someone else's fault, then I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. So are you a puppet or are you a partner? Now, it doesn't have to be an equal partnership because I mentioned this to someone and they were like, oh, are you trying to say that I'm equal with God? Listen, I'm not getting into any of that. But a partner participates in the change. That's it. The partner participates in the change. The partner participates in the process. 
the partner is active in that process. And, you know, to take it another step, another analogy we kind of use to, to, to talk about uh, our own individual responsibility in that whole process is let's imagine that you are the driver of the car, but God is the GPS, right? The little voice is the GPS and the GPS is saying, in order for you to get to where you're going to go, you need to turn left at the next block. But you decide you have a choice. You can turn left or you can turn right. You're still driving. He's still guiding. You guys are partnering on that journey, but you have a choice. And all of these things about you not having a choice, I don't buy it. I think you have a choice. You have a choice. There's no question about it. Even if your choice is to do nothing, you have a choice. So let me, let me, let me ask you this question because I think a lot of people, and you brought God into the conversation. So with bringing God into the situation, I think a lot of people, I'm pausing because I'm trying to make sure I phrase it the right way. I understand. Um, your relationship with God is kind of enclosed or, you know, it's, it's a closed loop, right? And so you only know what you know. So at what point does somebody else come into that conversation? Because if you're waiting for God to guide you and you're just praying, how does somebody else come in and help you make it on, make the right turn if you don't get that step-by-step, turn-by-turn guidance that you're looking for. Okay, I think I think I understand your question. So, um, in, in that case, what I would say is that you are, you know, continuing to develop and foster your relationship with God. You are praying and talking, and you're meditating, and um, you are listening for any instruction or anything that uh, God may have to say to you. Okay, so but also. During that time, there are also people that come into your life and people that can help to provide that guidance. You know, I think there's a story in the Bible where God used the donkey to talk to a man. So if I can believe that a donkey can talk to somebody, I can believe that Joe Blow down the street can say something to me that I need to hear. I mean, we, you really have to pull back what you believe. So you're not telling people that the only way that they can get guidance is through whatever they hear in prayer. No, no, I'm not saying that. Mm -mm. Okay. I was curious about that because, you know, those one-on-one conversations, if you have those conversations or, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with that because (laughs) you know what you know, right? And there's other people who know what they know. Mm -hmm. And if you're waiting to know something new, and it's got to come from you, like that part, I don't know how that works. Well, okay, another way that I can try to um, describe it is that, yes, you're right. I know what I know. You know what you know, right? We're both either going to be actively pursuing knowledge and growth, or we're not, or, or either, or you're, you're either open to receive new things, or you're not. I mean, that's just how people are. And so when I think about you know, the, the ability to grow, you're, you're looking for opportunities 
to grow and we you see what you look for right so if you are closed-minded and you think that there's no way to change there's nothing new that's going to happen in my situation you're going to that's what you're going to find if you think i don't have enough money to do the different things that i want to do guess what that's what you're going to find you're not going to have enough money because you're not going to be looking for ways to save money now you can we can both be in the same situation and i can say you know what i don't have enough i don't have enough money to develop the coaching practice that i want to develop or i could say man this is a great opportunity for me to figure out how to develop the coaching practice that i want what is it going to take oh do i need to invest resources in my knowledge do i need to invest resources in technology do i need to bring someone in to help with the marketing and the branding what do i need to do oh i don't have enough money okay well maybe i'll go to the library and get some books and start learning about that maybe i'll start where i am and when you start and you're moving along that journey it, it is amazing how much input you get from different factors internal and external that can confirm and help to encourage and help to move you along. Yeah. Now you're going into the growth and fixed mindset stuff that you've been taking a deep dive on. So yeah, it's, this could go deep guys. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think this is going to be chopped up into several different episodes or several different clips, but I think it, it does, it really does go deep in terms of, you, you know, one having a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. The first thing that, you know, I'll say is that if you have a fixed mindset, that's not necessarily bad. If you have a growth mindset, that's not necessarily good. It really depends on what your goals are and where you're trying. When, when, because there, the reality is that in a, if I look at a diversity of situations, there are some situations where I'm fixed. There are other situations where I'm growth. Yeah. I don't think we're all one or the other we are a mixture of both. And even within a situation, you may come to a point where on this point, all other points, I'm growth oriented. There could be more and I'm learning more, but on this point, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. You're going, you're, you're pushing too close to something I hold dear to me and I'm fixed about that. So I pro I'm probably have a fixed mindset on the fact that uh, we all can always grow. That there's always, you know, there's always room for growth. I'm fixed on that. <laughs> uh, you can't change my mind. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing you can do. I have a fixed mindset on that. It's done. There's, there's nothing that you can do to prove to me that that's not possible. Yeah. Right. Does that make me a bad person? Oh, I don't think anything could make you a bad person. No, I have a fixed mindset on the fact that anything that you want to achieve if you work hard enough and put the time in i believe you can achieve it i know one thing for sure you'll get closer to achieving it that way than if you do nothing and does that make me a bad person no so i like it so but what i'm trying to get at is that a lot of times you'll hear you'll hear the contrast between fixed mindset and growth mindset and they make the fixed mindset people sound like the worst people in the world right 
I mean, and it's really, and it goes back to, I mean, I, I've seen so much with religion and that's why I've taken kind of a different approach with it, but the, the fixed mindset really comes into play when it doesn't empower your future, mm-hmm. right? When it, it, when it makes you have to stay the way that you are and that being the way that you are is preventing you from going to that next place. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe, and this is a fixed mindset of mine, that you have to be willing to give up what you are today for what you are to become. Well, it's it's like if you're climbing up a mountain, right? You're climbing up the mountain. So let's take let's let's take this little thought. Um, for those of you that are listening, that are looking, you know, I, I want you to close your eyes, and I really want you to focus on this. You're climbing up the mountain, so there are rocks, it, there's jagged, there's places for handholds and footholds as you're climbing up this mountain. So you, you can feel the breeze, you know, kind of going, there's a little bit of sunlight behind you, you can see the flowers, um, you're climbing. So, you know, you're putting one hand on a rock, now you have your right hand on the rock and your feet are held on, you are in place, you are there. But in order for you to move to where you want to go, you absolutely have to let go of one of the rocks that you're holding in your hand to move up to the next rock. You cannot progress if you are holding everything where it is. You can't move forward. You can't move upward. You can't do it. Now, if you can figure out a way to climb the mountain, that you know, with, with you not letting go of one of the rocks that you have in your hand, then you need to call in, you need to video in, and you need to let us know how that happens because I don't know how that happens. It's funny you bring that up because people always talk about balance. And I was like, well, you can't make any progress if you don't move out of balance. Mm-hmm. If you try to walk and you stay balanced, you can't do it. You've got to shift your weight to one side to pick up one foot. And then you've got to shift your weight to the other side to pick up the other foot. Like, there, there is no standing firmly on both feet and staying in balance. Now, somebody will be slick and say, well, you're on balance if you don't fall down when you walk. Ah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I, I mean, you know, you can t- talk about balance, but one thing that helps you to stay balanced is having a strong core. Ooh. Having a strong core. And it goes back to who are you? In the strong, the, the more time that you take to strengthen your core, the core of who you are and what's really important to you and just who, in being, being that person, then I think the greater ability that you will have to reach further to the right, further to the left, further up and still be okay. You know, you'll be unbalanced, but you won't fall. Having that strong core helps you continue to move forward or upward or you know whatever direction you're going in that journey wow that's powerful you got to have a strong core man yeah that's why i had to start doing ab exercises (laughs) other stuff starts hurting when your core isn't strong that's true it does your back will hurt your legs will hurt all other parts of your life hurts uh, will hurt when your core is not strong and i don't think we do enough core work uh, psychologically. I don't think we do enough core work uh, physically 
But when you really start, you know, peeling back the layers of who am I and who, who do I want to be? When you look in the mirror and you have that mirror moment and you say, this is who I am. I accept myself fully for who I am. I love myself, but loving myself and accepting myself does not mean that there are not things that I need to change. And when you have that, when you're coming from a place of love and acceptance, you're not beating yourself up. You're not saying you're a bad person. You're not saying, you know, woe is me. You're saying, I accept these things about me, but I also accept that I can change. I can change. I love it. So at the risk of doing something to expose myself, can we do some core work? Can I do some core work right now? Hey guys, now? back in 2016, me and the team decided to formalize Dreamcatchers as an organization that can help people achieve their wildest dreams. If this is you, please visit our website at dreamshouldbereal.com in order to find out the details of our services and how we can help you become a Dreamcatcher. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. What, what, what do you want to work on today, Jerome? I want to work on my desire not to be in the public eye. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> no, this, this is good. This is good. So, you don't want to be in the public eye. I don't. And your reasons behind that? I don't. I don't think there's value in it. I, I don't know why I have to be the guy. Can somebody else do this? Mm. So you're, you want someone else to do it because you want to focus on what? Actually executing and operating. I feel like the majority of the stuff that we're doing in order to market or make raise awareness mm -hmm. isn't value creation in the delivery of the actual product okay so along this journey that you've had have you thought about working for another person in real estate a syndicator or someone that is further along on this journey uh not working for them mastermind masterminding with them yes paying well, them to spend time with them yes no, I understand that. But part of what I'm hearing you say is that you want to focus on the core work, right? You want to focus on the work of operating and delivering, but you uh, also want to have someone else be out front. Yep. And so how does that, um, how does that link with your desire to be an entrepreneur uh, and to, kind of be more in control of your own thing? Well, I guess what I've always felt, or I guess what I'm dealing with is I thought I could hire somebody to be the face, but I never actually took the time to find that person. Okay. And maybe I did, but I didn't actually, I don't know. I, I guess I never found the person that, Okay, so maybe silly, silly mm -hmm. foolishly, whatever the word is, I believe that you attract what you are, right? And so I believe I'm an A player and I believe I attract A players. And so I know that I have, a lim I, I have an issue, right? And we've talked about it where it's, I've 
I've had so many people around me that don't actually want to bring value to me. They just want to take the value that I offer. Uh-huh. And I've gotten to a place in life now. I got to sneeze. Hold on. Go ahead. <clears throat> I've gotten to a place now where I believe that the only people who are around me are those who are interested in working with me and actually helping me accomplish my dreams and goals. And so I have a very hard time asking people for things because I feel like the people who are closest to me know what I need. And if they have the capacity to give it to me, they will. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that you think that everybody thinks like you think? No. That's okay. not what I'm saying. I know that's not what you're saying. I, and I appreciate you picking at me. Um, but no, I guess what I'm offering is that I expect the people who are closest to me to have a higher level of awareness. Okay. And have you expressed that to the people that are closest to you? Um, or do you feel you don't need to? I thought that I had. And... I don't know that I actually have. Okay. I know one of the things that I've talked about in the past is being able to package the information in the way that the person you're communicating it to can be able to receive it. And so it could be a situation where you've communicated that in the way that you thought it should be communicated, but not necessarily in the way that that person needed it to be communicated. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always a tough one uh, to follow. But so, you know, you've, you've looked at, you've thought that you could hire somebody to be the face. All right. You haven't been able to link up and find that person, whether you've looked diligently or not, you haven't found that person. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Slash, slash. Uh People have told me that others need to see my face. Like there is no way around it. it. It's a requirement. People who I consider close advisors. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it really depends on what your goals are. What, what, are your, what are your goals in this space? To be an inspiration. I, I want to be an inspiration, but I don't actually want to be the face of the inspiration. Is that I what you yeah, It doesn't. I, <laughs> no, it's not stupid. Come on. No, it's not stupid, but it it speaks to the dilemma, the internal dilemma that you have. I can't believe you made me say that. I I might edit that out. No, (laughs) you want to be an inspiration, but you don't want to be the person inspiring. You want your actions to inspire, but I, I, I honestly think this peels back to this whole conversation that we had a little bit earlier. So, you know, let's you know, think about what, what was there a time in the past where you had to do something uh, in front of people or had to be the face or that someone, you know, there are any, any incidences or something like that that happened? Oh, no. Um, I mean, in general, I was shy, though, as a child, and I don't know what that stems from. Okay. But, yeah, I was, I was a shy kid, so doing certain things was like for the Christmas plays, I, I was the innkeeper. Right. And so I said my lines after I slammed the door right before I slammed the door and just kind of poked my head out. (laughs) That was my contribution to the Christmas play. Okay. You know, I, but I I just didn't want to do those things. 
Okay. Um, and I guess it might go back to that entertainer stuff, right? Like I, yeah. I, I think a lot of people feel like they have to be a certain way in order to be be received uh-huh. or accepted, right? There's going to people are going to judge me, and it's funny because I was listening to one of the videos that Duran sent in the group chat. Uh-huh. And he was talking about, well, you know, people are terrified of public speaking, but at the end of the day, you're just having a conversation with people. So what difference does it make? Like, what, why is that any different than talking to somebody on the phone or sitting across the table from somebody? Like, you can just pick a person in the audience and have a conversation with them. And doesn't that just change the whole dynamic of being in front of the room when you're talking to a person? And I was like, whoa. Like reframing the situation is yes, it's, it's game changing. You have what you focus on. Are you focusing on all of these people that you're talking to, or are you focusing on the conversation that you're having with the room or an individual in the room? What's going to be the focus? Um, and, and you know, so you know, for you, so okay, over the past three to four months, you have been making a concerted effort to be more public, right? Because I think there was a time when people didn't know that you actually existed. There were some of your friends that were like, they didn't, they didn't, their wives didn't think that you existed because they never saw you. I was an imaginary friend. <laughs> um, and so you've been making a concerted effort of being more public. And so how has that gone for you? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't have a... I don't have an answer to that question. Unfortunately, I, people keep saying it's positive. They're seeing things, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know that there really is a difference. I guess what I can say in the affirmative is I've had more people reach out and say, hey, I heard your story. And I just wanted to reach out and tell you that it inspired me. I think that is a fair, accurate, and true statement. Okay. Um, and... I don't know if that is worth the sacrifice at this point. So you want to inspire people and be an inspiration. People are calling you, telling you that they heard your story and they were inspired. But now there's something inside that says, well, is that worth the sacrifice? Is is this is there enough scale now right because then it goes from all right you actually did it to scale and this was supposed to be the topic of the conversation is catch and release right yeah yeah so now yeah i'm actually because the people you know just because the gurus were right and they told me what to do and then i actually realized the dream now it's like okay is is the inspiration at scale or what is the appropriate scale for the inspiration? Okay. Um, so the other question I want to get back to before I lose the thought is during these podcast interviews and this effort to be public, let's say three months ago on a scale of one to 10, what was your level of comfort? Seven? Like I, I was always comfortable. Like none of these things were okay. Let me let me rephrase this. If you go back and look at a video or yeah. listen to your voice of um, 
yourself talking during that time. If someone were to look at you or hear you, what would their scale, what do you think their scale would be of your level of engagement or excitement? Excitement is different than comfort, right? So you, right. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm, I, that's why I'm changing the question. Okay. You're changing the question. I, I felt like you were trying to ask a clarifying question, but you're changing the question. I'm changing the question. This is no fun. I'm not paying you this month. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the level of excitement? Uh, that was there? Oh, boy. Probably five. And and so for me, I'm looking at the correlation between excitement and com- when I when I think of comfort, I'm thinking, do I really want to do this? Um, do I look comfortable? Am I feeling comfortable? Am I having a conversation with all of these people, or I'm having a conversation with one? You know how how you how you frame it. To me, sometimes determines how outwardly comfortable we are with the situation. So in terms of that excitement and engagement, you're saying three months ago, you were a five. So if I were to look at a podcast of you having with someone last week, what would someone say that that would be? Depending on the host. Yeah. 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 We're not going to talk about the one host that, that kind of, uh, nine, (laughs) a a nine, right. Yeah. So there's been growth there, right? There's been growth in your ability to project excitement. Now, here's the the kicker. Are you more excited or less excited now? It's probably the same, right? No, I mean, seriously, like, I still, it still doesn't, it still doesn't turn me on that I'm, divulging all this stuff about my story and my journey okay. to this person who is going to go share it with a whole bunch of other people I don't know, right? It's just okay. that part's uncomfortable, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you don't have an opportunity to uh, respond to whatever conclusions people draw from that snippet that is shared through the recording, right? And you've totally lost control of it, right? That's and what I was going to say, you lose control. Everybody loses control. And it's funny because I was looking back at one of the more popular interviews I did with Michael Blanc and there are like a hundred thumbs ups and there's one thumbs down. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to figure out who the guy with the thumbs down was and wanted to ask him what, what, what didn't he like about the interview, right? Yeah. And how silly is that, right? Out of like 700 lessons, this one person didn't like the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we do. We focus on the negative. That's, yes. We want to fix what's wrong instead of focusing on all this good. Right? And building on what's good, building on your strengths and building on kind of what's been working. Do you feel that the steps that you've been taking over the past three months have helped to improve your brand? I feel like that's a trick question because you were one of the people that said I needed to go do this. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> I'm just asking. I, I'm just, you know. I don't know. You, I, I, so personal brand, yes, absolutely. Right? Think, yeah, do you think? Personal right. brand, yeah, absolutely. I did everything I could not to have a personal brand because, you know, Pepsi and Coke don't have personal brands. They have 
whatever. You know, mm-hmm. Nike has a swoosh. They have sugar and caffeine is what they have, what Pepsi and Coke has. They do. <laughs> they do. But, you know, there isn't a person. And so it's interesting, right? Because when you go back to endorsements and personalizing it, and so I guess that's what I was trying to model Myers' development after was these icons. And it's funny because we were successful in that. Like, you don't know how many people tell me, hey, when I see the chameleon, I think of you, or I think of Myers Development, or my kid really likes your logo. Mm -hmm. Like, I hear that a lot, and it's just like, okay, so that part's working, but now people are seeing me, and I guess they get to decide whether they like, know, and trust me. Because, I mean, that is the, the continuum for actually doing business, right? Yeah, but you're selling more than a logo and you're selling more than a brand and you're introducing people to who you are. And so, you know, one of the, the kind of tricky things is that you'll, you know, you have this corporate brand versus personal brand. Are people going to engage in business with you because of who you are or because of what your brand represents or is it both? And are those things tied? And I think in your case, those things are tied. You're not projecting anything different in the brand of Jerome Myers than you're projecting for Myers development because you are who you are. Yep. Core. Yeah. I mean, you are at the core. And that is, I think for me, I was going to say, there isn't really a differentiation, right? And it's mm-hmm. just an extension of me. The, the companies are extension of me. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't like me, then you probably won't like what the companies do. And I think initially I was, I wanted to separate the two, right? Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to like me as a person. And I mean, there's so many different things that can go into that. You, mm-hmm. you cannot like the way a person wears their hair. You cannot like the way a person talks. You cannot like the way they dress. You can, I mean, there's just so many things about a person that we can just pick that one thing and they're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And then, but the company can do amazing work, right? And yeah. could be floored by the pro- production or the product that they deliver. And so I didn't want a person's personal hangup about the way that I present myself to be an impediment to people wanting to do business with the company. And that is probably backwards, right? Because at the end of the day, people do business with people, right? People do business with people and I would how many brands do you have under I don't know. I don't want to talk about any of this. No, just just give me give me a number. I don't know. Three. Three. At least three. <laughs> at least three. And so for each of those brands, there's one common denominator. And what is that? Developing people in places. Uh-huh. And who does that? <laughs> Yeah, I had somebody else tell me they don't like the questions that you ask. No, that's <laughs> no. I mean, but who who does that? You okay. do. Yeah. So I mean, particularly when you're diversifying your brands, you you still have that one common denominator, and that's you. 
So yeah. people are going to get to your brands through you. They're going to come to you and they're going to say, hey, Jerome, I heard your story. It was great. Tell me a little bit about you do about what you do. You can say, hey, we have a company that's doing some joint ventures. We're looking at multifamily deals. Maybe, you know, if you're accredited investor, we can hook you up with our investment folks and we can start talking about that. You can say, hey, if you want to learn about real estate, I have Myers Method. And we have a whole online course and community that has been built in order to do that. You have a flip, you, you have a flip job, you need some general contracting work done. Well, we can do that through the Myers Development Group. I mean, you are the common denominator within all of those brands. Yeah. It sounds like somebody with ADD. <laughs> no, no. But you can't remove my whole point is that you can't remove yourself. You can't remove yourself. You can't remove yourself. So would you say that you are more engaged in the process of, of, of showing the excitement that you've always had on the inside to other people during this process of public engagement over the past three months? Wait, that was a complicated question. Ask that again. <laughs> Do you believe that you've grown in your ability to show other people the excitement that you've always had on the inside? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, over the course of these past three months? Yeah. I mean, that part right there, and I said that question was complicated because it's, we always talk about the appropriate time or place, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody caught me on a Friday night on a football field with players and we're in the middle of a game that I'm coaching, like you, there wouldn't be a question about my excitement or my passion or, you know, my commitment to the mission, right? Mm -hmm. um, if we're sitting in an office doing a meeting, the conversation is going to be very different. And so before I open up and show true emotion, it's kind of, I don't know, man, it's kind of like a light switch. I don't really have a middle ground and so conveying that um through these types of conversations especially when i'm thinking hard like you're making me think right now um is uh is tough man because i try to be introspective right i, I want to be a deep thinker i want to actually give true thought to what i'm being asked because I think it really matters. Mm -hmm. And if somebody wants to engage with me, I want to deliver a positive experience. So one, if something else comes up and they'll come back because the goal is, it's about creating value, right? Because yeah. this whole conversation that we continually have about significance is the only success is when you become that trusted advisor, that go-to person. Yes. Um, and so the, my perspective, the only way to get there is to add value. Um, and, I, and what I would say to you there is um, how does a person uh, know that value is there or the potential for value is there if they're never exposed? And that, my friend, is 
is an interesting question, right? Because we, we talk about control and we talk about growth and I've told you about, you know, my fears or vulnerabilities mm-hmm. or known gaps mm-hmm. in the discernment piece. Um, so everybody doesn't get exposed, right? Because I don't have a way to protect myself if everybody's exposed. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the narrative for the past 10 years. Yeah. Is I got to figure out who's really on the team and the other people keep them at bay because we don't know what damage they'll do once they get in. Right. Like you can come in the house, but just don't break anything while you're here. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of people put up fences to keep people from even coming in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> you have a room that's with glass walls. Yeah. And they're there, they can see, but they can't get past the glass wall. Yeah. They're confined. No, 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 no. So, I mean, when you're in, you're in. Right? I know. I, I'm talking about the other people when you say, when you say you can come in, but don't break anything. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't even know that that's a true statement, right? I don't even think you get invited in. Like, somebody's got to give you a pass to get in. Right. Like, somebody's got to, you've got to be a friend of a friend right. just because it's, it's too risky. There's too much damage that can be done from my perspective. How so? Wrong people. Um, I guess the long answer on that is when people come in and they share what they want out of life, it turns something on in me, right? And so then I, I try to go figure out how to get that for them. Okay. And if it's not a mutually beneficial relationship, that is a drain, right? We we haven't talked about it on the podcast, but there are vampires in the world. Mm-hmm. Like there are real life vampires and they come into your world just to take your energy away from you because they're empty and they don't have the capacity to give back. So when you're surrounded by a bunch of vampires, your ability to thrive and live and be strong diminishes greatly you've got to make sure that you have other people providing life to you and so if you can pour the same energy back out that you get poured into then you're always in this place of some form of equilibrium yes um and and i I think that's one of the value of dream catchers uh, you know, if this was a podcast, that's what I would kind of segue into. Um, just the, the value of having people that you can pour into and people that can pour into you. But you said one thing that I, I thought was interesting, which is you, you don't want to be around vampires because they drain energy from you, right? I did. Um, why did you let them? Because I'm a giver, right? And if there's a need that needs to be met, and not only a giver, but a fixer. I think fixer is probably the better word. There's Mm -hmm. something wrong, fix it. Okay. Now, what that actually constitutes, it's kind of like, and I don't know if anybody else does it, but when we walk around properties, if there's trash on the ground, we pick it up and put it in the dumpster. Yes. There's plenty of people who will see the same trash on the ground and leave it on the ground. I'm not wired that way. Okay. I want to fix problems. That's what gives me significance. And so 
do I let them drain me? I, I think that's a true statement, but I don't realize that I'm getting drained. It's kind of like having a tick on you, right? Okay. The majority of people don't feel the tick crawling up their leg. They don't feel it bite them. And something happens where they actually find the tick hanging on them and the tick is draining blood from them. It's, you know, me going through the course of trying to um, add value and then realizing that none of the value is coming back in the other way. Okay. It's a one way street, right? My, my assumption when I start is that there will be some value that comes back. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what the value is. I don't know that I'm asking for something in that moment. Okay. But the thought is that the relationship will be mutually beneficial. Now, that doesn't always happen. And that's when you get into those vampire states where the person is only showing up to take from you. Okay. It sounds like you're giving away your power, man. When you say that the person only shows up to take from you, mm-hmm. that means that you don't have any control in that situation. Outside of telling the person not to come around anymore, but you have to be aware that that is their intention or that that is their behavior. And what I, a shift that I had to make, because I was one of those people who always gave and never considered what I got back Mm -hmm. and I felt empty. And then I started trying to figure out when I gave what I was getting back and that felt transactional. So I didn't want to do that either. Mm-hmm. So now I'm back to this. I want to give, but, and I don't want to count what's happening, but by the same token, if I'm giving without thinking about what's coming back, I end up in this place where if I'm not careful, it's always going away. The okay. energy is always going out. And so the only way that I've been able to protect myself, right? is to create that bubble. And so it slows things down a lot because now, again, I'm giving up my power by insulating myself with people. Um, But at some point there has to be some form of protection and I haven't figured out what that actually looks like that works well. Okay. We will definitely have to dig into that one more. Not today, but we'll definitely have to dig into that one more. Because I I see the bubble and you recognize that it slows things down. You want to protect yourself. Um, I have to, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I can't to. go back to the dark place, right? I can't go back to 2010. I've mm-hmm. got, I'm back healthy. I've got to continue to progress. And so, yeah, there has to be protection. Protection is required. Okay. All right. We will dig into that one this week for sure. Sounds good, man. All right, man. I appreciate your time. And uh, it's always great to kind of dig into some of these things. Some of the stuff we can talk more about fully uh, on the air. Other things uh, are, 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 reserved for the more individual closed sessions um so but uh i appreciate your transparency yeah well powwow in two weeks let's go yes (laughs) let's go i'm excited yeah two weeks from now we're going to be having the next powwow 
it is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to share more with the group and to learn from the group and to be inspired to accomplish great things uh, in the next three to four months. It, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned very early on was getting ready for show and tell. And, and it's interesting because, you know, what I, what I thought about is that we go and be so that we can come back to show and tell. <laughs> I mean, you think about all of the stuff that we said we wanted to do, the people that we wanted to become, the stuff that we wanted to improve. We left and we went. And we were, we were performing, we were doing those things. We might have been growing every day, but we were being who we were meant to be and being who we said we were going to be. Now we've done that. Now we come back and we can show and tell. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting any of the new folks that will be coming to the powwow. Um, I'm looking forward to digging into the layers of why, um, you know, what's people's motivation. You know, I'm a big believer from a better you for you perspective that it has to eventually come back down to you. Um, you know, I have two boys, a lovely wife. I love my children. I love my family. Um, you know, I'll do just about anything for them. But the stuff that I want to achieve and the things that I'm doing and the person that I am and the person that I'm becoming, it benefits them. But it's they are not the sole reason that I'm doing it. They're not the sole reason that I'm doing it. In this making the connection between the family piece of why I do stuff to the James piece of why I do it. And who do I want to become and who do I want to be? So I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, we got things that I need to do. One of the things that I've been very reluctant to do has been to really focus my aperture on the coaching clients that I'm going after and really trying to narrow that focus down. I've been fighting it. I've been fighting it the whole time because I, I really believe in this individualized approach and that I have the ability to help multiple people get through um, multiple issues, but really look forward to helping people achieve maximum performance during their journey to success. Um, but I'm still narrowing down my aperture, my focus, so I can target some marketing uh, to be able to attract those clients. And so I, I'm working through that process. And I'm sure if not by the, the time of the powwow, shortly thereafter, I, it will be a crystal clear focus for me. Have fun with your avatar. I'm not going to get one. <laughs> I think I'm going to have multiple avatars, but I'm going to spend, uh, you know, probably four to six weeks focusing on one particular group to see how that works. Yeah. You'll get your core that way. Yep. And the other thing that I want to bring up, whether it, it reach, meets the recording clip or not, is that we spend a lot of time reading, um, you know, doing podcasts, listening to podcasts, listening to YouTube videos but I don't know how proactive we are in incorporating some of those things into our lives. So one of the things I was thinking about today was maybe looking at a, you know, spend one day each week 
trying to see, okay, of the things that I've listened to this week, what can I work on incorporating, you know, intentionally incorporating into who I'm trying to be or what I'm doing. So that one, that'll be an interesting kind of journey as well. Um, or I may take two weeks on of consuming content in one week of integrating content. I'm not sure which way I'm going to deploy it, but at some point we have to integrate it. Oh, that's instant. Uh, the goal is to implement now. Yeah. It's, but I'm extreme, so. But it is, but I don't know if we all have the ability to do that or if we're conscious enough to do that. Mm. But that's another discussion. Yeah. All right, man. Till the next time, my friend. All right. It's always good. I'm sure you'll have a, lots and lots of things to split up and record and do great stuff. Do, go do good while doing well. <laughs> Talk to you. If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamsuperreal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it.